we'll review the Sicha and Lakutis Sicha's Chelik Ches, the Sicha base for the Parsha's Kodach. Now, that Sicha also connects the Parsha's Kodach with Gimel Tamus. Uh, Gimel Tamus, um, of course, uh, was the day in the year Tophresh Pei Zayin that the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe was released from prison. Of course, to us now, when we learn the Sikh of Gimel Tamuz, we have in mind Gimel Tamuz, which is 25 years coming up now, on the Gimel Tamuz from Tafshin Nun Dalet. And I think that we should look into this Sikha, even though this Sikha was written many years before this Gimel Tamuz by the Rebbe, about the previous Rebbe, but he writes about Gimel Tamuz and Parshat Koirach, which the Shabbos came out that year, which is the same like this year, Gimel Tamuz, Parshat Koirach. This was written in the Rebbe Suedis, in Tavshin Chai, in Tavshin Chavzayin, many years before. But still we should find a, um, a, 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 uh, a point from the Sicha that we should be able to apply to our current situation. To One of the points the Rebbe talks about in the Sicha is the name is named the Parshas Koirach. Koirach was a Russia, right? It seems like um, it wouldn't be appropriate. Why should we call the name of a Torah and the name of Koirach to remember, always remember Koirach? It's even a questionable halachically whether you can mention names of Rishoyim. Certainly, to name a whole Parsha, always remember Koirach. And the Rebbe brings out that Actually, the idea is koirach means separation, means uh, apart, machloikis. But sometimes you take the machloikis and you bring sholem into there, so even koirach itself uh, is something which is positive, which becomes a parsha, as we'll learn inside. But I'm thinking... Uh, how do you put a good twist to Gimel Tamus? You know, so on one hand, you know, Gimel Tamus seems to be like a uh, day which is only negative for us now with the passing of Bagashmis from the Rebbe. So how do we take, but we take this Sicha, I think, and we can see that we have to, and it actually leads to even a greater and a higher level of connection. So let's see in the Sicha, then maybe we'll see if we can uh, learn from there something also to our current situation. The Rebbe starts off, that Parshish Koirach, the portion of Koirach, many years, you read it in the week of Gimel Tamus, and sometimes on the day of Gimel Tamus itself, as we do this year, or at least it's close to it. So there is something about Gimel Tamus in the Parsha. What happened in Gimel Tamus? So the Rebbe refers first to an incident that took place even prior to this. On that day, what took place is Yeshua said, Shemesh begimoin doim. There was such a great miracle. As the Pasuk says, the Rebbe will point out in a minute, Shemesh begimoin doim. They were waging war. There was a war going on, and Yeshua and the Jewish people were siding with one side, and they were helping them, and in order for them to be victorious, 
literally Yeshua had to tell the son to step to be silenced, not to move. Shemesh be given doim. Itself needs to be explained exactly. The Gemara has different how long it stood for, what exactly what it means. But nevertheless, this was a tremendous miracle in which the Abishter tells the son, and not only the son, later on, also for the moon. But the Abishter tells the Shemesh to be silenced. This is one of the greatest miracles that ever happened. For the sun to stop, uh, the Pasik itself says, which means this was never like that day or afterwards. So here we see the tremendous miracles that took place at that time. And many years later, in the year 1927, on the same day, the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, was freed from prison. This redemption, the freedom, of the previous Rebbe is one of the open miracles that took place in our generation to see this miracle of the Rebbe's freedom. Since the miracle of the freedom from imprisonment for the Rebbe with divine providence has been set on the day of the miracle of Shemesh Begivah Doim. So, Mistama, we should say, there has to be some connection between Shemesh Begivin Doim and the freedom from the Freedikarebbe from prison. Again, we have to also, to us, after we learn the Sikha, we have to apply it, see, because the Rebbe's day of Gimel Tamos has also been established many years later. In a Hasidische signal, in a Hasidische uh, way of bring expression is since both of these miracles took place in the same day that is proof that there is a connection between them so that has to do with Gimel Tamus, so the Rebbe wants to know what's the connection between Gimel Tamus the freedom of the previous Rebbe from jail to the miracle that Yeshua said the sun, the moon, the sun should stop it's circling and should stay in its place. Shemesh be given them. Also, another thing is based on what we know, it's based on the Shalom HaKodesh, who says that all the festivals are hinted in the parshas in which we lay in that day. So we also have to say that these two miracles, the miracle of Shemesh be given them, and the freedom of the Rebbe, you can find hints for them in the portion of Korach. Oh, base. So the Rebbe says, we've already spoken many times about the 53 orders of the Torah, that's the Parshi, the Sedras of the Torah, that every Sedra has a very specific point which sort of encompasses, it takes on all the Parshis and the Psukim. So every Parshi has one point, and that point goes through all the different parshas. And that point, which is the sort of the uh, the bar that goes through all the whole sedra, is hinted in the name of the sedra. Because when you name something in Loshan Kodesh, especially when you name a Torah portion, 
or any aspect of Torah, that points in the context. So basically, the contents of this parsha is the parsha of Korach. That has to be the main theme of the entire parsha. We have to understand here the connection. Here we say that the theme is Korach of this parsha. So, by the way, so the Rebbe says from this we can understand that all the portions that are in one parsha, like all the portions that are in the portion of Korach, like the first and the last one of the parsha, but they're all a part of Korach. So even though the first is many psukim in the beginning and the end, there's a lot of things in between. Uh, there's a big interruption with other portions in between the first and the last, but their connection is much greater than the connection, say, from the end of one parsha to the next parsha, which is right next to it. So you can have two parshas, like you can have the parsha of a shalach right next to koirach. So even though the rishon of koirach is next to shvi of shalach, still shvi of koirach is more connected to rishon than rishon is connected to shvi. Even though shvi of, of shalach comes right before rishon of koirach, why? Because all of koirach is one point, is one theme. So they're really all together. So, the connection uh, for um, the parsha, one cetera, which includes the first last one, is much greater than the connection between the end of one cetera and the beginning of the cetera that follows, even though those are next to each other. Which, if things are next to each other, still it means that there's some connection. Why does the parsha shlach come right before? Why does shvi before? Uh, of, of Shlach come right before Rishon of Korach, must be there's a connection with them. But still, the connection between Rishon and Shvi within the parish of Korach is greater. Because when things are separated into Sedras, that means that they're two separate points. And sometimes, remember, here's an example. Sometimes we see that the connection uh, between a new Sedra with the end of another Sedra is actually a negative connection. As for example, the connection from the Parshas Meraglim, which is the beginning of the Parshas Shlach, to the Parshas Miriam, which is the end of Baha'u'llah, Harashi says right away that why did the Torah bring the portion of Shlach next to the story of Miriam? Because she was smitten because she spoke against her brother, Liski Dibur, and they didn't take Musar, and they didn't learn the Meraglim. So you see the connection, there's a connection, but there's a, on a negative way. And the Rebbe also points out in the Ha'odeh, the same thing is Korach and Tzitzis, because we see that the parish of Tzitzis comes at the end of Shlach was used by Korach in a negative way to fight against the midst of Tzitzis, as the Rebbe brings down in the Ha'odeh over here. So, what is the Rebbe trying to say? Because in the portion of, of, of Korach, the Rebbe was saying we see seemingly a paradox. It seems almost that it goes against the theme of the Parsha. So what happens in our Parsha? In the end, towards the end of the Parsha, the Torah says, Vani nosati es God says to, uh, to Aaron that he has given him the watching of the Truma, which means Abishta gives the Posse talks about the 
matnas kuhuna, the gifts of kuhuna that the Kohen get. That seems to be talking about the benefits of kuhuna, the special gifts that the Kohen gets. So how could we connect that to the beginning of the parsha, which deals with uh, the machloikus of Kodach, uh, so so one of the things is how does it connect to the portion of Achleikas Kodach because it's not only in the fact that the reason the 24 gifts of Kuhuna came through this that since Kodach challenged the Kuhuna they got the uh, they got these gifts because of that but the 24 gifts themselves somehow are connected to the Machlokas of Kodach itself. And that's why the portion of the Torah of the 24 gifts of Kuhuna become a tale of the same portion of Kodach. It's somehow the 24 gifts is something which is Kodach. Here we're seeing the paradox that here we have Kodach arguing on the Kuhuna and here we have, we have the Kuhuna itself. So this is something which is difficult to understand. The whole idea of Kodach was to argue and to oppose the Kuhuna of Aaron, which contradicts, which is opposes the whole idea of the 24 gifts of Kuhuna, which is sort of Hashem says, what is Hashem says giving them the Kuhuna? This is written and sealed and brought into, as Rash says, this is very clear that they are the ones that are entitled to the kuhuna, as Sifri and Rashi brings down, of kunasari. So how could this say that these two opposites are sharing the same point? So that the portion of Matnas kuhuna is also called the name of Kairach. So again, so what do we see the point that the Rebbe is asking of here? The Rebbe is asking, since the gifts of Kairach come together with the argument of Kairach, so we see this... Uh, two opposite things by the same point. And the Rebbe is going to give us a deeper inyan in the understanding of Koyrach to show how in essence Koyrach and the gifts of Koyrach are not really two separate things. I mean, this is what I want to bring out also to see also like in, in our Gimel Tamas that we're talking about is while it's on one hand it seems to have uh, become to us in a way of a, the Rebbe says Koyrach, a ripped out you know, ripped away, left us bold without the Rebbe's physical presence over here, but yet we'll see there is a, there is a higher, uh, there is a connection, and the gifts that the Rebbe keeps on giving is somehow connected to this whole parasha, to the idea of Gimel Tamos as well. The Rebbe Nois Gimel is going to say further, he's going to show, he's going to prove this point, that this is more than just uh, just coincident. He says, because take a look at the name itself. He says, something which is not understood, the name of the Sedra. On the Pasik, there's a Pasik that says, Shem Shoim Yirkov, the name of the uh, evil Shurat. It's a Pasik in Mishlei. So the Gemara says, what does it mean, the name of the Rishorim Shurat? So the Gemara says, Rakvivus Bishmosun Let a rot go up on their names because we're not going to uh, mention them by name. We don't mention Rishonim's name. 
But what does it mean? So they'll rot. They'll rot means they'll be forgotten. They won't mention their name. So from that we understand, for sure, that we shouldn't be calling a Sefer or a Sedra in the Torah with the name of a Russia, which that way we are internalizing his name a lot more than when you would call a person by the name using the name of a Russia. Because Torah is eternal. So you calling a name of the Torah, Korach, you're internalizing Korach. So therefore, the Rebbe says it's difficult to understand Korach was a Russia. He did not do Teshuvah at the end. It's only that his sins are done Teshuvah. How come that a whole Sedra in the Torah should be called on the name of Korach? In addition to the fact that on all Rishoyim, we have the rule that we shouldn't call them by their names. We shouldn't mention them by their name. That would be even those who have a nice name. But the name of Koirach itself, just the word Koirach, Koirach comes from notion Korcha. Korcha means a bold spot, torn out. Bold spot means uh, separation, disagreement. Because when you bold out, you bold a spot, which means you have pieces over here and this side and that side there is all uh, taken away so therefore it's very surprising, it's even more surprising how said in the Torah will be called Koirach because all of the Torah including the Parshas Koirach is usually what what Torah was given to make peace in the world, so why are we talking Koirach why are we talking about ripping out what are we talking about separation, what are we talking about Korcha how come a Torah portion should be called with Lashon Koirach, which is the language of Korcha, which means a Machmikis? Now, the Rebbe is going to explain in Nois Dalet, because the Rebbe is going to ask another question here. He says it's not understood, really, what the argument of Koirach and his, and his group, uh, what do they argue? They said to Aaron, he says, they basically said everybody is holy. There is no reason Hashem is every in all of them. Why should you raise yourself over the rest of the community of Hashem? He said, We didn't need, we don't need any leadership, we don't need any big shots, we don't need Kohanim. We're all holy. We don't need you to be special. No, nobody's special. Seems like what? That they were against what? Against people being Kohanim. But, as we know that Koirach and his group, they also wanted to become Koirach. Because, Moshe, what does Moshe Rabbeinu said to them? Isn't it enough to you that Hashem has separated you from all the people who vikashtem gam kahuna? So that you are seeking kahuna. So it means that they were asking for kahuna. So why are they saying, why are you raising yourself above the rest of the people? And they are themselves wanting to be raised. So, the other people in Koirach's group, you can somehow say what their argument is, why do you raise yourself? They didn't mean to object to any leadership, any uh, leadership positions, but they didn't like, you can say they were uh, rejecting such a kind of a leadership as the ones of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, because he was the only Kohen Godel. 
And their argument is, why do you want to raise yourself? And that doesn't contradict that they're also asking Kuhuna, because they were asking it should be a lot of Kohen Gadol. So they didn't want it to be just one Kohen Gadol, it should be a lot of Kohen Gadol. That you can say with regards to the rest of the group. But Karach himself, he had in mind that he's going to be the only Kohen Gadol. So what is the, uh, uh, the argument? He says, why do you raise yourself over the people would be applicable to Karach himself. If he wants to be the Kohen Gadol, so his argument is, why should you raise yourself over the people of Hashem? So what's his argument then? And when he himself wants it. In Ois Hey. To understand this, he is introducing first that it's brought down in the Sefer Noyem Elimelech. Um, over there it says, Bispalig Koirach. Spalik Koirach is the Targum, this translation of the word Vayikach Koirach. So he said that what he separated, that this is similar to the firmament, to the Rekiah. Hamavdul bin Mayim Lamayim. That separates between waters and water. It's bringing in something about the separation between waters and water. So what is this connection between the Rekiah that separates between the water above and below and the Machloikis of Koirach with the Kohuna of Adam? So one of the explanations is this. What is the separation between the Kahanim and all other Jew that and all other Jews that consists that Kahanim are separated from worldly matters and they are occupied solely with holy matters, especially Akoyan Godl, in which the main objection, the Machlokes of Kerach, by the Kohen Godel it says, Umin ha-mikdosh lo yeitze, you should not leave the Mikdash, meaning always over there. But, yet, notwithstanding that a Kohen, especially a Kohen Godel, is separated from all Jews, they extend and they provide their kahuna to all Yidin. As the Alter Rebbe writes in the Kutatayra and the Posting by Aloyshchas Amiris, that through lighting the Menorah, when the Koyen, God lights the lamps of the Menorah, Aaron raised all Yidin to his level. He gave them the level of Avarabba, great love, which is Hecher, which is higher than Avasayilum, which is love of the world, which is the level of Aaron. Aaron lit the Menorah. He infused all Yidin with that great level of love that he had, that great level of love. So what was Koyrach's argument? Koyrach argued, just like there is an advantage in Kahanim, that they are separated from worldly matters, there is also an advantage of Kol Ha'edo, who are occupying themselves with worldly matters, and they are transferring the worldly matters into vessels and vehicles for godliness. On the contrary, they argue that the main intention is to make the lower levels, the lower realms of the world for a dwelling place for Hashem blessed. And since that all of the community are holy 
and Hashem is amongst them, Hashem. meaning the extension of the name Hashem, Shema Etzem, is Betoicham, is in them through their service, through their Avoida, from Kolaidus, which they make the world for a dwelling place to Hashem. So they argued, Maduatis Nasu Akal Hashem. Why does Moshe and Aaron raise themselves? Why should they hold themselves greater relative to the Kahal Hashem, Kahal Havaye, Lavavaye? Because they give in them their greatness. In other words, that they are giving from their greatness to the Kalavaya. Why do the Kalavaya need the greatness of Aaron? Why does Aaron have to elevate them? They're holy as it is. They are doing the work of the Abishter. They're making a Dirbetahtoinim. They're connected with the Oilam and they're making the world so they don't need the Aaron to be Mylodan. So what is their argument, Madhutis Nasu? Not a contradiction to they want to become Kahanim. They wanted a kind of kahuna which doesn't connect with all the community. Which means they wanted a distinction. You want, they said, you should not be tisnasu al Hashem. If you want a different kind of a service, you serve in the base Amigdash, fine. We do this work, fine. But why would you be greater than, than us? Why would you be greater than the people? So when they say they want kahuna, they didn't want a kahuna which is going to be greater than the other avodah. They wanted a different kind of avodah. They said, not not greater. And that's the connection where the Noim Alimelech brings down the Ispalik Koyrach with the firmament, with the rekiah that separates between Mayim Lomayim. Because this concept of rekiah was to divide the upper waters from the lower waters so that the upper and the lower waters should be separated and not to be connected to between each other. They wanted to make a distinction, a separation. says that separation is like to separate the waters as we'll see later on. The Kavona is to bring these waters together. We don't want to separate them. We want to make that distinction. What is the mistake of Kairach? So that we can actually understand from the rekia, from the firmament that separates. On the second day, when Hashem created the firmament, it does not say kitoyv. So our sages tell us the reason is because because separation, division has been created there. What kind of machloikis? What kind of separation? That is the partition between the upper waters and the lower waters. So there's no kitoy. But yet, when it comes on Tuesday over there, there's two times kitoy. One was for the work of the water, and one was for the water of the day. So for the next day, they get a kitoy. Because then, when it comes on the third day, now it was verified, and it was clear, it was purified, that separation partition that was created on the second day became refined. Yes, there was a partition, but we fixed up that partition. That's what we understand from this, that there needs to be a 
partition between the ones above and below. That's why the Eivishter created a firmament that separates between the upper and the lower. But what is the good? What is kitoiv? What's the ultimate and the wholesome net from that participation is only then that notwithstanding their dividing them into two separate types, you have upper and lower, there is still a connection between them. Yes, there has to be a mechitza, but the connection is the kitoiv. That's the ultimate goal. Similar to Matan Torah, which was also like on the third thousand year, third thousand representing Tuesday, which, come, which correspond to the Yom HaShlishi of Maiseberishis. What is Matan Torah? That notwithstanding the fact that there is a separation, there is El Yonim, and there is Tachtoinim, there is upper and lower, but the Tachtoinim lower go up to the El Yonim, Moshe goes up to the Shemaim, to the Har Sinai, and Hashem, Yered Hashem, comes down to the Tachtoinim. So the same thing is with regards to Yid. That notwithstanding that amongst Yid, there are various different categories, there are such Yid that their main service is to devote only with matters of holiness, they are similar to Akoyen Godel, which never leaves the Beis Hamikdash. And there is other kinds of Jews that their main service work is to sort out the matters of the world by working in with the world everything you do was the sake of the heaven they are knowing Hashem in all ways but nevertheless there has to be kohanim there needs to be the influences that from their holiness to come down to the other there needs to be a connection and through this they will impact by everybody to take the lower ones to bring them up to the upper ones. They need to arouse a love and a yearning to become Kahanim. They need the ones lower to want to become Kahanim, not to be satisfied with what they are. That they too should some hours at least devote themselves to separate themselves from the worldly matters and to be occupied in Torah, just like those who always are sitting in Torah. That is what the ultimate goal. So the ultimate goal Yes, there should be separation, but there should be a connection, there should be a yearning. There should be hashpoah from the Kohanim to the rest of the year. Rebbe says that just like the intention of creating this separation of the Rakia was in order that later on, it should bring about the ultimate elevation, to bring together the upper ones and the lower ones. That's why it also says Kitov for the Rikia itself, because once you bring that connection, that itself becomes Tov. Same way is also with Koirach when he's separated, which is similar to the firmament that separates. The reason that Hashem made that this should be the argument of Koirach and the Kuhuna is in order that later on that should bring about to the gifts of the 24 uh, presents that the Yidin give, and they're in it to the Kohana in a bris melech in an internal covenant, in salt, meaning a uh, non, uh, no way to break that. It means that the connection from from the above and below, that also those 
devote themselves with worldly matter, they will give their first and best to Hashem, which comes out through the gifts of Kahuna. So that that should be much stronger than it was before the argument of Koyrach. Koyrach's argument brought about that that gifts that you're going to give to the Koyen should not just be Kohanim, but they should be much in a stronger way than they would be before Machlokes Koyrach. And that's the connection of the Parsha of here I'm giving you Mishmeres through Moisai to the argument of Koyrach. Although that it seems that these are opposite, because on the contrary, the intention and the purpose of Machlokes Koyrach is that this should bring to that I'm giving you this gift. And that's also the reason why the Torah is called with the name of Koyrach, even though that Koyrach comes from the language of Korcha Machlokes, and that's the opposite of Torah, because the intention of the Torah, Torah is here to make Sholem in the world, to make up a new thing, Sholem. Torah is not just there to take away machloikis, there should be no machloikis. No, there should be separation, and there should be sholem, there should be a connection. What it means is that also koirach should become toira. That also from disagreement, from machloikis, from korcha, there should be peace. As we said before in Sivov, that also after matan toira, there is still a separation between the upper ones and the lower ones. On the contrary, not that there is still. This is the accomplishment, the novelty of Torah, that also the Tachtoinim, which are in their level and situation, and Tachtoinim, they should be connected with Elyonim. So we're not trying to make, we're not trying to take away the Tachtoinim, and we're not trying to take away the Elyonim. We want the Tachtoinim to remain Tachtoinim, but we want them to be infused from the Elyonim. So we want Koirach to also be a part of Torah, to take that separation and make up an uh, idea of peace between them. Based upon that, we'll also understand the connection from Parshish Koyach with the third day of Tammuz, in which Yeshua said, the sun stays silent. When Yeshua said to the sun, Shemesh be given doim, what did the sun talk back? He argued. You're telling me to stay silent? Who is going to praise Hashem? So Yeshua said, be silent, I will say it. That's what it's brought down in the uh, Yalkut. Yalkut Shemani. So, it seems like the Shemesh, the son with his argument, who is going to say the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What was his argument? He didn't mean that if he's not going to say it, if he's going to be silent, nobody else will say the praise of Hashem. Because all other creations say strong to Hashem. He only, meant, he only meant that when he's going to be silent, nobody will say his, this, the praise that he specifically says, which is expressed when the sun is moving. That's the praise of the sun. So what is Yeshua answering? I'll say it. But the song of Yeshua, that not expressed that type of praise of Hashem, the moving of the sun. But the explanation is that when we talk about praising and uh, there are two matters. 
One is the praise of Hashem, that all created beings don't change their uh, positions, their missions, their jobs. They go on in orderly, the way the Ebishter set them up, they never cease. They keep on doing the same thing. And in that itself, each created being expresses its own praise to Hashem. And the praise of Hashem, that Yidn, praise Hashem, the praise of the souls with matters that are higher than creation. That's the second. One is creation that always created, and one a Yid which is higher than creation. These two types of praise are similar to the two types of services, those who are occupied with worldly matter, Bali Asik, and those who sit in the tent, those who study Torah. The service of the Balaisic business people, what is their main function, is to bring down godliness into worldly matters. But the light that they bring down through their work, which consists of through sorting out the optional matters, is a light which is contracted based relative to the created being. They just bring down a smaller light. That is similar to the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is expressed itself in the natural ways. The avoid of Yeshua Oyel, the service of those who sit in the tent and study, they are separated from the world. They are occupied with, with the study of Torah, which is higher, comes before. Those are similar to the songs of the souls. So just like the business people or uh, working people, although in their service there is an advantage relative to the service of those who sit in the tent in the fact that they draw down godliness into the world itself, but nevertheless, they need to have the yalu lel yonim, they need to go up occasionally to tear themselves away from their service and occupy themselves with Torah. And only that way they accomplish the goal and the wholesomeness from the service of the business people themselves. Similarly, is also with regards to the nature, uh, the conduct of nature. Notwithstanding in the fact that you praise HaKadosh Baruch which is expressed through the natural conduct, but there is also an advantage to the song that the souls sing before Hashem. And the fact that that conduct shows that also those created beings, the Takhtoinim, don't change their keep on doing what they have to. Nevertheless, occasionally they become subjugated from their natural causes. And through this, that Teva, nature, becomes nullified because of a Yid. And Yidin praise Hashem on the miracles that it does with them. Shemesh be given doim that he tells them why that's a praise of Hashem, that way you're revealing the inner and the ultimate goal of the conduct of nature itself. You are completing and you're making wholesome the praise of the song of the, the Shemesh. Because the Shemesh is praising Hashem for its consistency. But when you see that the consistency will change, that this consistent movement for a yid, that shows the anogenesis, which is even a higher miracle from that. Just like 
the nace of the Shemesh being silence, even though that externally it was nullified. The nature, no, the, 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 the movement of the sun stopped. Nevertheless, this accomplished the goal, the ultimate, and the wholesomeness of the nature of Shemesh. Because what is the nature of Shemesh? Hashem. Hashem is, is, is making it. And now you see that that yields to Hashem. Similar is also the miracle that took place on the third day of Tammuz in Tophresh Bezayim. That together with the fact that it was an open mess, which is totally above nature, but this impacted also the nature itself, that nature agreed to the miracle. As it related several times that the same people that locked up the Rebbe in jail, they themselves, while they were still with their force, they were forced to free the Rebbe. On the contrary, this expressed the connection of the ones above and below in even a greater measure than by Shemesh Begiven Doim. Since that also at the time when he was freed, they were still in their full force, and because of their force, they were still in their positions. They served. So they could have uh, said that he has to be freed. They are the ones that freed him. They can say because they were still, they were in charge. Those same uh, people that arrested him, they had to, and they were their force. They said they should go for, uh, they should go free. Not like by Shemesh we give him by the Shemesh we give him that at the time of the miracle then the Shemesh no longer worked. So he yielded to the higher But here, not only did he yield, but they themselves freed the Rebbe. There's another aspect to this. Also, the level of Tachtoinim in the year Tafresh Pei Zayin, in 1927, was in a very, very low level. The level of Tachtoinim that the sun goes is an Indian it praises HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But those who arrested the Rebbe before his work in spreading Torah and strengthening Yiddishkeit, they were doing something which was opposite of praising Hashem. Not like the son that praised Hashem. And yet, they later on helped in the freedom even while they still were in their position of force. So that's why we understand how the miracle of Gimel Tammuz Tofresh Pizayin has even a greater hint, connection to the portion of Koydach as the miracle of Shemesh be given doim. Because also the Ispalik Koydach was a matter of Hepech That was something which was against praising Hashem. Not like one of Ayasa who separated, the Ebrishter made the separation. And yet, also that the Ispalik Koydach brought to the end that as Koyrach becomes a Sedra in the Torah. So what is the instruction for all of the above in our service? When you see sometimes matters that prevent and hold back of your service of Hashem, whether those obstacles, whether those uh, preventing matters are natural, which the Ebrister has put in, in nature in the creation, similar to the movement of the sun, which interfered with Yeshua being victorious in his war. 
And even such preventions that hold back that are created by human beings, similar to those that took place in the year Tofresh Pezayim, we need to know that all happenings that happen in the world come from Hashem. And therefore, it's not possible that they should truly oppose, God forbid, to the surface of Hashem. It is only that Hashem is testing you to know. So through these tests, you should come to an additional strength and elevation of Eretz Hashem. How could the Rebbe tell us any more words to us now and Gimel Thomas? Read this line, read these lines again, what the Rebbe is saying here. So we need to know that everything that happens in the world comes from Hashem. And therefore, it is not possible that they should truly oppose, God forbid, a service of Hashem. It's only a test that Hashem is testing you, Ladas, that through these tests we should come to additional strength and elevation of service of Hashem. When this matter, something makes sense with the truth, then you see in the end of the end, also with your eyes of flesh, we see, we were able to see the additional light that comes through the obstacles, the halomas v'hestadim, the things that block and interfered. As the Rebbe concludes in his writings of the third of Tammuz, to all Yidin, there should be light, both spiritually and physically. This is Mesichah Shabbos Parshas Koyrach, Gimel Tammuz, Tov Shinchai, the Tov Shin Chof Dalet.